I get a lot of messages about whether I grew up in a cult or not, and I'm going to take that to the grave, but this is... Tonight's topic is sexual molestation, rape, sodomy, and abuse. Wow, that's a lot of things there. How do you say that with a smile? This is the thing. We're going to be more (laughs) joking because we want to seem like we're more real people to the world. But it's, it's a dark topic to take on that my friend has experienced that. So they've said things that I kind of understand. One of the things I hate about pedophilia or cult molestation. One of the things you hate about pedophilia. There's only one. There's few (laughs) passable things. Okay. No, just how we live in a society where... uh, I am a fucking joker. I'm sorry, everyone. (laughs) I failed you. (laughs) No, but the way societal norms are like, it's so horrible if someone's sexually abused. Don't you know you fuck them up for life? But then it's like, no one really gives a shit about the result. They're like abortions. Being raped is like an abortion. They only care about the kid that's molested, but they don't give a shit about it growing up to be a shitty teenager who writes comments on a board or lights a house on fire or some shit like that. And I just hate that sort of mentality mentality all kinds of online therapists being sexually molested fuck someone up for life well tell us how tell us what we can do to make that better i feel like i could give better advice so that's what i'm doing and i'm being here i've had for my whole life if you're a woman or dude who's been sexually molested or abused or part of a cult realize you're not going to be normal or not not you're not going to fit the mold of what society wants you to be like, if you have to go liberal or conservative, you got to check a third box. I'm pretty sure they figured out that their abuse is affecting them for life. I don't think you have to be the one to tell them. I know, but I feel like what I'm saying is I feel like the part of the abuse is them feeling like they're never going to be normal again. Like, I'm never going to lead a normal life. You're probably not, but okay. you can find other people that have that. I call it bent wiring because, you know, we're not going to debate whether it turns you gay or not or whatever. But I call it crosses wires to where you're either, I feel either not sexual when you should be or you're too sexual to where it destroys relationships. Oh, you're going to have whole funds being destroyed by destroyed in relationships and all that stuff. Okay, so your message is you're going to be fucked up. Your relationships are going to fail and your career is going to suffer. No, but that... You'll find something different in life. It may not be the thing you want, but you'll be, it's like you're, it's like you're on a train. Like you remember in Thomas, the choo-choo train, Mm -hmm. how it had that little sector, right? Mm -hmm. This is you going through life, the beginning, then you get molested. It's taking you down a different path. And I think you need to accept, not use that as an excuse to be destructive hang out, go meet up in Craigslist orgies or do drugs, but understand that your path is going to be a little different than what you might want it to be. You're not going to be a backstreet boy unless Lou Pearlman signs you. (laughs) But (laughs) but, (laughs) I'm happy about that one. (laughs) But you're not going to be the ideal person. You can grow to be the ideal person. But there's always going to be a tint of the what could have been. And that's what a lot of abuse victims suffer 
is not so much the trauma, but the fact that people look at them like something is missing. Like, like parents look at their kid like their soul is destroyed. So their parents don't even love them the same. But they're the ones that did it most of the time. So <laughs> fuck them. That's bullshit. She grew up in the South, so... <laughs> Oh, you grew up in the non... The North, where my friend, it was more, like, occultish. And that's the sad thing, is the people that molested him did it for religious reasons. They thought they would get uh, powers if they molested this boy. Your friend. Yeah. <laughs> Your friend. <laughs> Going to the grave with it. Still bad for that friend. Yeah. So, all right, so we just jumped from pedophilia to cults, but I guess they're very related topics because a lot of cults involve well a lot of times it's almost like if you see someone who sells drugs there's probably he works for a drug operation if there's a business salesman on the street he probably works for a company usually when there's some kind of molestation a lot of time not a lot of times more than few though it is connected to some sort of religious undertaking because they found that's where they can find cover in it some sort of odd spiritual belief that's yeah yeah so they they and they kind of justify it like the way pedophiles think are the way cult leaders think and that they're doing it for their benefit and you showed me who's that guy gordon flowers oh yeah shout the, out the amount of the I've had some hilarious times watching that uh, YouTube channel. Shout out to him it's is funny. that he does these pedophile stings and it's like, like the way they thought of it, they're doing it for their own good. And if they didn't save this kid's life, they would, the kid would be abused by another pedophile. It's very groomer esque, but I found it strange that it's like all over the world. They all say the same thing. Like pedophiles all come to the same sort of conclusion but that conclusion is the same thing that cult leaders think, which is it's for some, I mean, I guess they would have to tie it to religion because there's no altruistic pedophiles. Like that's something I find funny. I, I laughed at that. That just came off the top. Yeah, I should have been a rapper. But that, but that it's like when someone goes on a killing spree, there's a weird part of the internet that will support that person because they feel like it's rallying against the system or an existential not knowing what consciousness is. But there's no altruistic pedophiles. It's all for their selfish needs. Right, but so, they think it is. And that's why they start these religions. Yeah, they think it's like they're everyone. helping the kid show the kid what the truth is. Or, oh, that kid was looking at me strange. They know it's not that, though. I feel like that's why pedophiles have gotten more mainstream in society is it's like they've taken political power because the way I watched this Gordon Flowers channel, I felt disgusted and almost embarrassed that this guy was busted and he lived in like his mom's grandma's uncle's house with a hundred cats and all that other shit. And it's like the disgust, I almost felt just empathy of like, I wish someone would just fix this so I don't have to watch this. But it's like, when you look at like a political figure or like a Jerry Sandusky, you hate them like this monster, but you don't look at that pedophile like a monster. You look at it as very meek. So it's almost like maybe they realized being hateable is somehow in their mind more powerful or stronger. It's like evolving into, it's like Pokemon. They're evolving into the next form. So people don't cringe when they look at you for molesting a few kids. They hate you like you're something to contend with for molesting 30 kids. 
Do you think there's pedophile envy? Like, like the way I look at musicians performing on stage in front of hundreds of thousands, and I'm like, oh, I wish that could be me. That there's a pedophile who only touched one kid or something. They hear a Jerry Sandusky where he just had like 30 kids in a shower, and they're like, oh, I, that'll never be me. I suppose so. That's a very strange thought, but yeah, I, I guess if that's your what thing. What if all the kids are kidnapped in the basement and they tease the other kids? They're like, I show out my pedophile's ass like this and you barely gave him a fight. I don't know. I just imagine there's a lot of castor oil going around. Ca- castor oil? Yeah. You said castor. I don't know what pedophiles are into. But why would they be into castor? Do you even know what castor oil is? I guess we're mocking pedophiles because to mock the victims is what we did in before. Ha, you're never going to live a normal life. But <sighs> wow. this symbol, I have to say, is not from a pedophilic cult, but it is from my friend's cult that they did use. And it was considered the chosen one or the cursed one. There was like some sort of like you have the 12 syndromes of the disease so the kids they would rape, they said they would say that it had the twelve syndromes of the cure that that person could cure, and then he stupidly went off in the world and thought he was the savior. Ah, what an asshole! <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of pedophilia in the town I grew up in, and it... what advice would you give them? That's the problem with the internet. No one gives a shit if you were raped your whole life in a basement and then you're 20 years old and you have no idea how to function in the real world. So I'm catering to those people because I know those people are in my inboxes and those people look to me for advice Yeah. because of my experience with my friend. And I have to say, it wasn't my friend's parents either. It was a house that lived next to them. Wow, we are distancing and distancing, but... I would say don't let it define you in that a lot of times people become reactants to their own trauma, like something horrible happens to them for years, so they grow up and almost rebel against it. It's like someone who's an atheist, and then all they talk about is how corrupt religion is or how fucked up religion. It's like, but if you were really moved past that trauma, you would just be living in present day. Like, the church isn't there anymore. You know what I mean? The the rapist has been gone for 18 fucking years. So, like, to me, it's not, like, almost don't give it the power of thinking of it as a struggle to overcome. Find something else in life to be your nemesis or that thing and channel the same pain and use that. Blame someone else. Like, project on people. Look at fucking politics. I'm sure that, they, there's a someone lot of people do that, but that's horrible advice. Don't project on other people. Project... Do you think there the, when I talk about murdering stand-up comic, it's because stand-up comics were in their 30s and I was in my late 20s. Do you think that murderous rage comes from them or it's something from the past? Probably something from the past. Okay, don't project on the world. Okay, so if I have to give advice to someone who's growing up in an environment where people are being molested because I grew up in an environment where or they're people... even past that but they don't know how to cope with it well I was going to give the advice to the person who's in that situation which I hope so like eight-year-olds are just watching dark nights with I, Lizzie I, and I Random. really hope that they're not but you asked me to give advice so I will it just like everyone everyone 
all of my friends this was happening to. And it wasn't happening to me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought there was something wrong with me because I was. That's probably how liberals feel. All those child groomers and daycare. Everyone's saying I'm a pedophile. What's wrong with this world where you don't want to molest a kid? That's probably how they feel. They're like, in their mind, everyone molests kids. So when people say, that's fucking weird, I wouldn't molest kids. They're like, where's this world come to? (laughs) Anyway, so, um, yeah, um, that was my thoughts and feelings at the time. Because if all of my people that I know are having that happen, mostly by their brothers one by the father and i'm like what does am i not hot like what the fuck to me it's like there was and a weird thank kid. god that wasn't happening to me that would have been bad but at the time i thought that that meant that there was something wrong with me because it was so normal for those poor girls and Okay, so that's not even advice. That's just, I guess that's advice for those of us who aren't getting molested, who are around a bunch of people getting molested. There's Get in shape. <laughs> I was. I was making a joke. I was, I was quite good looking. Yeah. And that's what it was. It was like, what the fuck? Do I have to be anorexic? Maybe you were too hard for the pedophile to get. That's like they what wanted I'm the kid that's that was a little I... chunky because they're like, this kid will probably not tell anyone. I literally have that theory about it. I had to tell myself something. Yeah, my friend... Because it was destroying my self-worth. He was a little weird at sleepovers, but we were cool with him. It's like... So the advice I would give is, like, it's okay. And you have to process that. It's like they passed on a sickness in you. It's like giving someone COVID, except it's actually real and damages your life. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I believe I've had the vid... Oh, now the vid's going to get flagged for that saying the C word. No, but it's like you have to accept that something was put in you, no pun intended, but metaphorically speaking, but probably physically speaking too, that it's going to stay with you for a long time, but to not let it define you, to find, to like move past that as even as the concept of a struggle that you're a survivor because no, you were weak, or that's how you got raped. You were weak, and that's why you got raped. If you were strong, you could overpower the rapist. Right. So you're saying, like, when people say you're really strong for surviving, you weren't, because strong people didn't gr- get raped. Strong people didn't get raped. He's making a joke. Of course. Um. All right. So, continue down the line of the story. I eventually did potentially get a bit diddled. Here and there. Well, yeah, because you were in the modeling industry, which is just posed as for, oh, we're, you're going to be beautiful. And, and, all, they and they're lo- just getting raped behind the scenes and everything. Yeah. And forced into child sex trafficking stuff. Not a woman who thinks she's being a whore on OnlyFans. This was actual <laughs> child sex trafficking before the Internet existed. Before social media was everywhere. So even if a kid did get picked up, their parents were tracking them. So they were like, all right, good. We get a night away from the kids. He can deal with his dick getting sucked. Do you think I only (laughs) allowed myself to get in that situation? I mean, it was a desperate situation. So it's like, 
I, I needed money. I needed... I think subconsciously that's what happens with people who are raped is they they tried... I mean, I mean, that's what my past in sex work was. They wanted to re-experience that with like the same emotions and the same adrenaline and cortisone and the same fear, but with the control of having a safe word. Oh, that makes total sense. Yeah. So maybe rapists are created by the CIA to give psychologists their job. (laughs) Wow. I don't know. You're just, you're going all over the place. That reminds me of the time that you said that you think that dinosaurs are a conspiracy created to sell I don't merch believe in dinosaurs to sell merch for okay we have saved no one from getting molested <laughs> there's someone with a fucking gun to their head and the suicide note is already written and they're like oh they, they typed in advice if you got molested they're 40 years old and they were molested from four to eight and they're and 30 years them. and they're like watching this and nothing's in it and they just pulled the trigger i'm sorry but you said merch for museums like what you're still going back to the dinosaur now there's a chick about to fucking hang herself and she might not maybe the podcast will get some advice like they're just fucking around for the first 20 minutes sorry yeah 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 okay but there also is love out there support groups that's one thing but the problem with support groups is they almost attach themselves to the victimhood like they're like oh i know but we're survivors when they so it's like you get caught in that cycle of enjoying that validation so much it's like you have to grow stronger to find validation somewhere other than being but a rape also, victim because that can be a crutch that you lean on of like oh i was a rape victim that's why i do all the x y and z like you can't use victimhood and this is a message for me for things that have happened to me when i was a teenager not rape but like, you can't use victimhood to justify your shitty actions. They can be a reason for it, but you have to overcome your shitty habits or addictions or I'm going to be shitty to everyone because I was molested or fuck, like, whatever your experience is. Yeah, I agree with that. But also, I think you need to, to... be molested. No, no, I don't feel that way anymore. I did. And then I got that. And then I was like, oh, this is not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> Hollywood producers lied to you. Anyway, I think that you do need to wallow in it and you do need to act it out. All right, you do, and it can take a long time. I would say pick times because it's like a child's birthday is not the time to wallow about you got like they're about to blow out the candles for the three year old. You you start hearing weeping, and he goes, I was molested when I was six. Like you hear that (laughs) at a kid's birthday. You got to find the right time to wallow in it. Yeah. There was this one time I was doing, I was a makeup artist when I was like 18. Yeah. And I'm doing this chick's makeup and she goes, my grandfather molested me my whole life. And I got up at Thanksgiving a few days ago and I just told everyone he molested me. And I'm like, this is a lot of information for me to be receiving from a model that I'm but trying that's- to put mascara on right now. I was just so freaked out. And then she was like, but you know what? I loved it. It was the best orgasms I ever had in my whole life. And I've just wallowed in. How good was that grandpa's dick game? Holy shit. Because you think of seniors as like crippled using a walker. You don't think of them as like fucking like a fucking jacked porn star. I just met this girl like 20 minutes ago. So that was a lot of information. And it really fucked me up for a while. 
well, that's the whole point of me doing this is because I've grown in up in such a dark world of just performing in like goth clubs. People, women will come up to me, people, I should say, and just say it like it's nothing. Like they're just drinking their drink and they're like, you know, that song, it really spoke to me because I was molested at that. Like they just say, so it's so common to me. I just assume if someone relates to me, it's because they were molested for like at least two to three years of yeah. their whole life. Like brutal sodomy, not like a little finger. Do you think in the rape counselings, they have that? Like one, they play like who can ante up, who can one up the other. I was fingered by my cousin. Oh yeah, I was fucked in the ass by my mom. Oh, I got you guys beat. My grandpa and brother-in-law double teamed me for years. Like they play that game of I mean, who we, got it worse. We did. That's so weird. It's the only way. Don't do that. Don't be one of those people either. I mean, I can't tell you how to be with no, your feelings. No, you have to be how you one come of, to no, terms and, with and that. You time, don't like you, you don't have to. You don't I, pride yourself no, on. We I got raped the best out would, of everyone. Because no. then you give pedophiles something to compete for. Then they're like, I want to be the number one story. The pedophile doesn't want to just be. Yeah, I was just one that molested out of six other pedophiles. Pedophiles then compete to be the molesters, the way school shooters compete to be the highest body count. No, it was just, it was a way to talk uh, to each other about the things that we had gone through. So you guys just one-upped each other with molestation stories? It wasn't even a one-up. It was like, oh, one-up. How about oh, this? Oh, shit, this happened. We grow competitively. Like, I'm imagining talking to a shelter of people who have been through that is, imagine talking to each other about competitive things of like, I got a job promotion. I got married. Like, things that you like are healthy in life that you want like i got a plant collection and i've been watering my plant for years like one up each other with that competitive sense but like we grow that one upping we were just sharing experiences it wasn't I know. one upping. i know i was making a joke i'm just saying wasn't that funny share experiences th that would be better like be i know some people can't because they're too broken and damaged but be the hero you would want and I know it's cliche, but as an adult, be the parent to you, your inner child that you never had to be there. Because if you're watching this show and you think of me as an idol, obviously no one was there to comfort you after the rape. You just had like a fucking Marilyn Manson CD or some shit. I don't know. I was thinking of a 90s reference that wasn't him, but you're more than your abuse and you have to know that about yourself. But don't try to reach for who you would be with if there was no abuse because that's a struggle i see people stay in decades of harm it's like it's psychological self-harm they chase who they would have been if they were sexually pure and it never works out oh my you God. just have to accept yeah 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 you've never said that to me before but i did that I still keep doing that I by saying I'm do. a 90s Backstreet Boy. I put out a fucking pop cover. It said, why doesn't the world see me as a Backstreet Boy with tattoos and cuts all on my arms and neck <laughs> and yeah. cigar burn marks and shit? Yeah, I did that. And black clothes. Why does the world see me as a Backstreet Boy? Because I'm not the figure I would have been undamaged and traumatized okay, by Okay, so let me go happened. through all of that. So, whew. I don't want to say that's a lot to unpack because I hate that term, but I just haven't really thought of it in that way but yeah i posed for 20 years as I, a person who had never experienced i've cursed at you and said you were a horrible girlfriend because you didn't accept me as a backstreet boy <laughs> you remember fuck you 
Yeah. Don't unload your trauma on the past, present, or future relationships. Yeah, but what I was saying was... I was so mad you wouldn't accept I was a Backstreet Boy. I'm sorry. You're a Backstreet Boy. No, but I... Like, don't chase who you would be on without the damage. Become who you were meant to be in despite it. Yeah. With it alongside. Not pushing against it. All right, but... Not holding on to it with it as a part of you, but not all of you. But we have to like we have to but you I, I, just I, get I, caught in the cycle yeah, of I, this is who i would be if i was never molested yes. so i'm gonna keep being that yes and and i did that twice once when i was 13 mm-hmm. i went from the chick who wore black every day and lived in a tent because i couldn't be around people and just and then i was like fuck this shit i'm a cheerleader i'm gonna wear bows in my hair and bright colors and then and then i posed Women can fit in better, though, when posing because so many guys just want them for sexual attraction. I think women can pull that off a little. Oh, like I if a woman it off. wants to, exactly. I'm not saying I didn't. You think anyone thought, saw me as a Backstreet Boy? No. They're like, this is a damaged, broken, fucked up kid. No, I was a very good poser, but. That's what I'm saying. No one let me get by thinking but I was I an had to. Member. I had to be a poser for my own self because I couldn't keep wallowing. Yeah. And well, I rode that path I rode that wave recovering until from like 13 till like 17, 18 and then I got re-traumatized. Yeah. And then then I was like, "All right, I'm going to keep with this poser thing. I am perfect." And I did that. And I maintained that shit for 20 fucking years almost or what was it? Like 17 years. And then I don't know. I wasn't in your life then. I yeah, was only I, in the worst part of your life. Well, that's when that's when the posing part fell apart. And in posing, that I was not a traumatized person. I did a lot of great things, and I helped a lot of people, and I made successful career moves. So in a so way, you're saying if I was a poser, I just didn't pose hard enough. Like, I should have went all in with the, I'm Mark Random, I'm a stand-up comedian, guys. I'm not saying that's what you should have done. I'm not saying what you should have done. I'm just saying that's kind of what I did is I I pushed down whatever. And I feel like that's a good thing to do. In a lot of ways, you want to push down No, the you pain. overcome. Yes, but it... T- but Because so- then it blows up in your face. Now you have to fucking sign divorce papers and go to court. Yeah. <laughs> Not necessarily. I mean, when where is the line on when you should stop pushing down the the pain that you haven't fully dealt with versus keeping it up? So from my reason, like at, I said, it's going. Let it be a part of you. You don't you don't push it down and act like it never existed, but you don't relish in it like it's all that you are. But you just but keep it the, as a part the, of you. But the problem is, if you can't function. When you keep it in your mind, yeah. you need to m- remove it from your mind for you to function. Well, that's why I say find a healthy support group where you can let that pain out, where you yeah, can cry that and they're going to understand. That would be but ideal. But don't get addicted to the validation of people who are like, I share your story. No. Because then you only become that. You only, in your mind, let yourself the egotistically be the victim. You let yourself be a true survivor by 
going to other groups, go on like hiking groups of people who are molested. That's what it is. People who are molested, like counseling groups should start projects. Like we're going to build a school or we're going to plant a garden. That's, you know, become people like that. Then you would be the survivors group and you would all share that bot like the movie it you grow and be something better in the world all with the understanding that the group should just be a starting point. Finding other people who were molested is just the starting point and beginning to your journey of healing. The overall outcome should be those people in the group that you're doing uh, positive things in the world. That's a good idea. It is, but it's also really idealistic to think that people not only have enough time and wherewithal to join a group. That's most people don't even do that. But now they're going to go hiking and all that. Like, we have to give people Even if they who meet have... up once a week or t- twice a month, they can pull it off. It doesn't necessarily have to be a group. Part of recovery is also undoing the ideology that was stuck in you. Because what a lot of people never talk about is not just the physical abuse that happens with their abuser, but the psychological abuse is almost cult-like. And that's why a lot of pedophiles tie into like a cult-like ideology. And it's it's hard because it's like, then you don't know what's real in life. Yeah. So you go through life trying to seek the answers and trying to know what's real. And inevitably and unfortunately, these people just end up in other things that are cult-like. Like yeah. they end up in a group with a strict ideology that gives ultimatums and things like that. Because that's what feels comfortable. Like I, my one of my best friends, Eliza grew up jehovah's witness so all she does is find herself in these crazy like cult-like environments Mm -hmm. and it's you have to unprogram all that but then the problem is you just keep the world at a distance you're like i don't trust anyone fuck everyone you know what i mean so that's the issue with people who grow up like psychologically abused by pedophiles too is they just they just in their it's like their mind mentally just shuts down if someone's trying to give them information that would save their life their mind shuts down no way no because you're trying to get me into your cult and it's like they would rather destroy themselves by not trusting your advice because it's destroyed on their own terms than trust someone and be led into a cult Mm -hmm. that's why i'm happy when i was a teenager of adult age i got into snm because they taught about consent which is to something to check for. And I, as a healthier person, like to me, sex is only good if the person is mentally and emotionally enjoying it, which are two components that I don't think a lot of people have, but consent, mental consent and emotional consent is something that should be mutual, but understood. Like People should be having conversations the way they talk about, should you talk about gender in school? They should be talking about what consent is. And I feel like they just brush by it in classes, like the, in health class, there should be a day or two on what consent is for men and women. I think they are doing that because men don't even know that they can consent to sex. Men are just pressured by society. Again, more cult-like thinking. And that's the problem is once you grew up in a cult like my friend did, they see everything as a cult. They see political, religious, obviously, media. If you're a fan of a show, they go, oh my God, this is like cult-like shit. If they're, I know some fucking shit that is cult-like shit, but I'm not going to call it out. You know what I mean? And that's why it's like, 
I wear my own t-shirt because it's like the only thing I can believe in that's not something else. Being a fan of a band is a cult. Anything that requires your life sacrifice and for a greater good is a cult. But I guess that's also life because life demands that you find some sort of answer or find some sort of purpose. I guess life is about finding the healthiest cult you can join because you're, you're in a cult of people who eat right, exercise, and get the serotonin and dopamine levels checked in their brains. That's a pretty good cult if that's what you're into. If I join a cult of people who just perform on stage and make millions of dollars and travel the world, that's a pretty good cult I got into. That's the cult I would want to get into. Unfortunately, I've fallen into some other cults and stuff. Usually when there's drug rituals, there that's that's a signifier of cultish behavior because they're trying to intoxicate your senses. All right, let's get dark. Let's get real dark on dark nights. So rape, child rape wasn't dark? No, I'm going to... That's light in your world? <laughs> no, you get the paper, you get a ticket for going over the speed limit, and you get raped as a kid. No, so we're going to get into the the thought process mm -hmm. behind a cult leader or a pedophile. And we always hear about how they're manipulating these kids so that they can get their sexual needs met. Yeah. And so they give them all of these things psychologically that will allow them to just be able to get the sex that they want. Cult but, leaders are very insecure people, so they have to assert themselves as borderline narcissists. Of course. Like, people yeah. think I'm narcissist because I wear my own shirt and say my name's random. That's actually an identity disorder. This shirt is like the equivalent of a tard wearing a name tag. So I just, whenever I have a dissociative episode, I look down and say, oh, it's random. I get it. Like, that helps me process reality because I may or may not have grown up in a cult. But it wasn't my family. Okay, but so cult leaders are, they're the most friendly at first, and then they do harshness when you're helpless. Like, they'll put some harsh penalty. Like, they'll use the term, like, punish. Like, you should be punished. Like, it doesn't matter what you do. If it's not illegal or hurting someone, which the law is a cult. There you go. You can see how the damage affected me if I look at the law as like, you were doing this, officer, and the court wants to punish you. I'm like, this is cult-like shit. But in relationships, if there's a punishment or strict, like I noticed one guy uses phrases, like people who use the, like, I mean, that's why musicians do it. The reason you write a catchy hook is so people just, start singing it and it gets in your head that's what cult leaders do only they're doing it to manipulate you yeah i guess content creators are all cult like because they're looking for fans to donate their money which is just their time sacrificing their blood that's a capitalist system i can't even because you change go on everything no i can't even remember because then you say something and then i have something to say about that but then you say something else and i kept something and then I you were like, saying we're getting into the mind well, of pedophiles yeah, I was trying and to. i said they're insecure people well, of course they who are assert narcissism yes but i think that it's not just them doing the thing to get the sexual gratification no it's I about the psychological control i think that they get off to the psychological yeah feeling th like they took it 
the damage that they and, know that they're doing. They yeah. know yeah. this is going to fuck you up for life. Yeah, and I'm going to be as gross as I can possibly be yeah, exactly. when I'm on yeah. top of you. Exactly. I'm going to sweat yeah. on you. I'm yeah. going to spit on you. I'm going to create a situation dehumanize where you, I'm going to dehumanize you. Just like, it's not just like, oh, really want to fuck a kid. It's like, no, I want to destroy a kid. Yeah, because they're, they're like bullies, but to the 10th degree. And that's yeah. the sickest problem is yeah. that... Like, that's why when I, the Me Too movement, when it first came out, I was like, oh, a bunch of bitches are claiming at this. But then I didn't realize how that my experience in life of being taught about consent and being taught that sex is to give to someone and increase, not take away. Sex is a mutual thing, not predatory. Like, even in modern culture, they say, oh, when you get sex, meaning you have to weasel your way into it it's like if the girl doesn't want to have sex with you then you don't know like money and that that's coercion like because the same thing with women if you have to lie and save relationship when you just want dick that's being a fucking cult leader pedophile that's being a predator but that's the thing in nature that we don't acknowledge is that that predator gene still exists okay in 90s frat rap rock (laughs) all right so no all right just that you there was a lot there but you're right and you are fortunate that you don't have that predatory thing. But it's because just most wiring. men of course it's wiring. It's the wiring that most men have for well, epigenetic men, reasons. Yes, they have that they wiring because that's how they have predator prey dynamics. That's but well, that's, that's the way they've had to procreate. That's why we all have Genghis Khan's DNA in us right yeah. now. You and I both do. Because well, he was the conqueror. most that's different. It's the same conquering. thing. Like right. sex feels conquering because you're doing something biologically wired in you. To me, it feels good to have sex with a woman who wants to have sex with me. I wouldn't feel good if I had sex with a woman that I had to manipulate yeah. and coerce. I wouldn't like, either. It feels gross. But like that's you're right. That's the thing that they get off to is that it's like it's like self-masturbatory in a way that they're using this person as psychological abuse to just validate their own selves. Like, see, I am good. See, because I convinced oh, wow. this person it's, it's I have kind, sex it's with It's kind me. of like, like yeah. when you have a cat and they're just like playing with a little mouse toy. Yeah. And that is helping them feel what they have epigenetically needed to feel yeah. for millennials. And then they're like... They, they feel better, but it's not the thing that they want. They want to go kill a fucking mouse exactly yeah so these guys we have to weed pedophiles out because that's one thing i do hate about society how are we going to weed them out is it's part of our collective genetic bloodline and for people to like say oh the cure to pedophilia is bullets to me it's just arrogant because i don't think they necessarily can control that sort of behavior I don't think we should have a society that condemns pedophiles the way conservatives do, but normalizes the way that some liberals do because it then shuns them where they have to hide their behavior. It's almost like gay people don't have to hide their behavior as much as they did, like in certain areas. But so it's like we should be congratulatory on pedophiles that kill themselves like like honor suicides. Like, there's honor killings in war. We should create honor suicides of, like, we recognize that you recognize that you have a genetic curse in your bloodline. So to secure that you don't harm any children and you kill yourself or you go off into the village, we should commend those people. We should, like, honoring them for being great heroes and sacrificing themselves. Now I'm starting an anti-pedophile cult. 
All right. I mean, I suppose what you're saying makes sense. But also, there was this documentary that I saw in 2020, like a decade ago. But sympathy about, for the pedophiles. Well, this is what the documentary was about. And it was really interesting because these guys would say, I went to try to get help and no one would help me. Yeah. There was no psychologist that would help me because once I said, these are my thoughts, they're there like, has to peace be, out. That's what I'm saying. There, we have to do brain studies. It can't just be psychological or it can't just be textbook. There has to be some kind of neuroscience to this because then maybe we could find the genetic link. And then we one pedophile could help us solve pedophilia for the rest of our bloodline. And I think, again, that's why certain subsects of more leftist politics are trying to normalize it because they sympathize with a pedophile in their family. Just like in that show with Gordon Flowers is the mom's like, oh, I told you not to do this. You're going to get caught. Meaning in her mind, she's already accepted her son fucks eight-year-old girls. She's She just didn't want him to get caught. And to me, that's the sickest thing. You're not encouraging him to get better. You're not encouraging maybe he should get help. You're just, oh, you got caught. Like, to me, that's the sickest part about it. Yeah. The funniest part about it to me is sometimes he does this pedophile bust, obviously, of people who do have families. And it's like he's busting them while there's like Thanksgiving dinner going on. (laughs) Like, oh, you said in these chat logs you wanted to sexually molest. The turkey's getting cold. Like, you just hear that in the background. (laughs) Hey, is your friend staying for dinner? We have extra jello. I know. We should watch that tonight. We haven't seen it in like two months. That. But to me, it's just, it sickens me because it's like on a human level, I feel for these people that just have this genetic curse that they didn't choose to have or someone raped them. And I hate how society, we just throw away. Yeah, they're damaged. That's like survival of the fittest. But it's like, we have to secure to find a way. Yeah, now I sound like pedophile, anti-pedophile Hitler. I'm like, we have to secure the non-molested kids. So we have to destroy the ones who were molested and the ones who have the molesting gene we have to destroy. That's, yeah, I'm sounding like anti-pedophile Hitler right here. You are so much. Um, I'm too much. You are a lot, but yeah. molested as a child? I, well, (laughs) don't tell me to cut that because... No, that was just a character muffin. That oh, right, 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 right. <laughs> so the the documentary, it was like, I think I said 2020. They were doing this thing about all these guys who had wanted to get help. They could not find help. And so they developed this community. I think it was like in Arizona or something yeah. where they just all lived together and yeah. didn't molest people. Why couldn't they just find progerian kids or midgets? <laughs> i mean no progerian kids are a uh, fuck i fucked up my own punchline wait what's a progerian kid <laughs> that's the opposite of what a pedophile would want what's a pro- they're kids like that grow old they're oh. like kids who are six years old but look like they're 40 <laughs> imagine a pedophile is talking to a kid and it turns out it's a progerian kid so it's like fuck i got a six-year-old who looks like a 30-year-old i'm not into this shit <laughs> <laughs> all right i learned what that is i wonder if you're pronouncing it properly though no but it i bet, you, I bet thing, you're not no but the thing is it's like all right then they make ro- in china they made robot dolls that are live action and it's so sick that it's like we know what this is for you know what i mean you look at it like you oh we made these dolls so 
people can use them in science class. It's like, we know what they're for. We gave them anatomic parts. They're for pedophiles because you think if you make child sex dolls, you can All right, but supply like people with uh, pocket pussies and stuff. Well, like maybe the world fucking pocket pussies and robot sex dolls so, stops procreation. So therefore, I mean, if you would stop if that if, kid fucking if one with, of those dolls prevents them from hurting a child, then I say I'm for those dolls. Oh, my God. I feel just, like a lot of people. Then would the doll say, comes to life and just like, "Hey, I was conscious the whole time," and it just wants to get revenge. I don't. Okay, if it actually prevents them mm-hmm. from hurting a child, then I'm pro. I don't even want to say that I'm pro thing. Yeah, say yeah. You know, because thing. if it and so if those guys in that community that I just referenced had those there and they just keep to themselves, and that's what they do. And no one's getting hurt. Yeah. Cool. But then it gets to a point of like, you don't stop a problem. You just circumvent it. It's almost like you take people who have a certain disease and you just try to put band-aids over it. But it doesn't solve that genetic thing. I No, it doesn't. But it but they're not procreating. They're not passing that gene on if it is an epigenetic thing, which it probably is. So, but then it's like homosexuality could be, and it's just a person who's gay that they procreate with a woman and they pass it down to their kid. Like if it's if pedophilia is epigenetic, I mean, th- I feel like it would have to be weeded out of the bloodline. And I know that sounds yeah, that does sound like eugenics, anti-pedophilia Hitler, because then it's like, well, then why not we weed out murderers? Well, we might need them if there's war. And then there gets debate. Well, why not we weed out uh, people with this certain illness or people who die when they're 20? It's all about productivity to society. And then it's slowly just, you know, it's like the it's either all OK or no OK. Like we have to accept like the genetic flaws. Or we just start weeding out to have the perfect bloodline and you do become like a eugenicist and play Sonic the Hedgehog. Why Why do eugenicists play? Because it sounds like Sega Genesis. Oh, okay. I don't know because it's like a relatively new thing. And I thought about this, that it's like, in the 1800s, uh, kids, 13-year-old kids, they had a job. They had kids. So it's like weird that nature is telling us 13 is to procreate, but we used to die in our 20s and 30s. Like that was the full lifespan. So it's almost like this, the fact that 13-year-old kid is still like PG movies or PG-13 and going to school and still is with their parents, that's almost new for the past couple hundred years Whereas sure, all yeah. around the country for over 2,000, 4,000 years, like being a kid was an adult. So it's like we've re-infantiles our society to a point where it's almost like kids are kids. But that means 100, 500 years from now, uh, someone in their mid-20s would be seen the same way as a kid is. So then people with that gene that want to fuck a 25-year-old... 500 years from now will be seen as the sick pedophiles that need to be weeded out. That's awesome. That's progress. I mean, that's, that's complete progress. It's not because then I feel like there's a certain level of infantilizing kids to where it's like, but I get it. Cause when I was in my twenties, I was so fucking stupid. Yeah, I'm so, you too. shouldn't be allowed to take out bank loans or sign yeah. contracts at 21, 22 years old. And you only realize that when you're 30, 
But again, that's because no, you back be allowed- in the day, the age was 40 or 50, you would die out. Now you live till you're 80 or 100. I think you Once should you be live till to you're 150, people will 20s. realize how stupid. You're right. Maybe I'm thinking about me. Maybe I was just <laughs> fucking stupid and everyone else had it. Like everyone else in the world could have been parents and procreate by 14. And I was the stupid one who stayed an eternal teenager because of the muffin trauma that happened to me. Hmm. There it is. Trauma stops your brain from developing. That's why yes. you can't hate your kids, people out there. Because your brain is this develop. Oh, that's sad. Because that means I fucking am an eternal teenager. That means I'm stuck at like 17 or 18 years old forever because of the amount of crazy shit that happened within those years. That means I'll never know what being 20 years old or being 22 is like. No, you'll just... But I notice a lot of people, I had this theory on parents that parents can only raise their kid till what their kids, what their emotional and mental age is. That's why a lot of parents lose their shit when their kids are like 12 and 13 or the father leaves when the kid's nine because that's all the emotional intelligence he had. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there's parents that hang on to their kids till 15 or 16 and then they start becoming shitty parents because they were only mentally, emotionally 16. And as the kid's growing, their kids surpasses them and they don't know how to guide them anymore. Philosophical podcast bars. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a fucking urban phrase that I'm stealing, gonna say. Bars. But, it, but it's true that trauma stops your development. So then, kind of like you, you say poser. Does that mean... The only development one like me could have would be to attach things that are a part of me of like, oh, I know people that are 30 years old. They open up a business and they get married. And I do those things just because that's the persona of what someone my age should do. If like my instincts are to just like listen to Swedish death metal really loud and get high in a dark room with red lights, like if that's what I feel inside, like a fucking teenager... And I just live out that existence. Because I'm aware I can't grow past my trauma. So it's like, what do I do? I can help you if you were molested from like 14, 15, or 16. But if you were molested as an adult, you got to take that L on your own. Now I'm asking for help from the audience that I was supposed to help. Maybe that's why, because the world is, because of the internet, it brought on mediocrity. So it's almost like people are psychologically, mentally, and maybe even spiritually, only at the age of like 12 or 13. They're just shitty. They're insecure. And if you surpass that and sound like an adult, they hate you for it. But if you devolve below that, they hate you for that also. Or if you try to live out your dreams, they hate you. Social media has traumatized everyone with all the news stories to being just 14 years old i would say collectively western societies at the at most 15 years old yeah i could agree with that so we have to find a way to evolve forward because this has been my problem my whole life this is why the podcast series was named in this and why i talk about being suicidal some episodes were recorded before this But because I say I'm aware, I'm traumatized, and I can't grow past my trauma, and each of these sessions are trying to find ways through these topics like suicide, drug abuse, death, murder, rape, finding ways to grow past your trauma. 
each of these episodes are trying to figure out because it's like imagine being aware that you're stuck and like I'm 30 years old but I'm like in an 18 year old's body or mindset at all times it's like how do I fucking grow up how do I not be what I am I think you have to live through it I've noticed something about myself whenever I go through a traumatic experience yeah which unfortunately has happened several times whatever song was in my head during that traumatic experience I replay that song for weeks sometimes unfortunately months yeah and it's your brain trying to help you process that process that trauma well i noticed trauma is like your brain is on a loop because that's what happened to me in stand-up comedy is things that happened to me in trauma were that everyone thought i was a mass murderer when i was trying to be a rapper so i got placed in mental institutions in different schools and then eventually kicked out of my parents house or i separated from them and then lived in a wild chaotic street environment because they thought of me as a mass murderer and then all these horrible things happened but so in stand-up comedy when i saw a bunch of comments oh he's joaquin phoenix's joker i didn't just laugh it off because i was so afraid of the same fear happening so trauma is your brain just reap like reap almost like replaying the event without you even knowing well, PTSD, that's what it is. I have CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress, which is a, for numbers of years, which is like the false accusation of being seen as a mass murderer when I've never committed a massacre in my life. Good for you. I know. High I five. should get an award. Bump. No, but it's like, so th- to me, the trauma of a whole society thinking of me as a mass murderer, like it's not lost on me how I look and how I appear. But it's like that type of it. It was me reliving the trauma of like, I'm a 29 year old person, my second year in comedy. And then I'll go viral for dumb shit and 50,000 comments of he's a mass murderer and Facebook posts about me. And I just start getting that panic that I got when I was 15 years old and the police came to me and I was taken away and all that shit. Like that was the what was going through my head. That's why I was so hostile and combative and defensive because I was half and then I was on a show I'll not name the network but they were getting me when I was trying to be funny when I was half reliving trauma and half feeling like I was interrogated by the world like what I said was going to be used against me and skewered in the most way so I was just projecting trauma onto them I wasn't being a comedian or being funny. I was reliving trauma live on air and people thought it was a character. Like half of me thought that I was being accused of things in my past. The other half felt like I was in an interrogation, like what I say can and will be used against me. And the other half was trying to be funny. So it was this really weird mix of reliving that trauma in my mind. It's almost like in my mind, it was 2006 and 2007 and these things were happening, but it wasn't. What were you going to say to the effect of when you are reliving trauma from like fucking 18 years ago as a 30-year-old adult or a 40-year-old? I guess that you just have to relive it sometimes and then you have to, you have to not relive it other times. So 
it's, but it's does finding one control that it's it? finding that balance yes you can control it you can control it i think they can't control it that's why it's trauma because i didn't realize i was going through that i mean now i fucking lean into it call me a mass murderer who the fuck gives a shit anymore like i don't give a fuck but it's like i cared at the time because i thought when everyone called me a mass murder when I was a teenager, it ended up in really horrible things. And unfortunately, my goals didn't quite work out the way they could. But I'm not going to like crazily lash out at them because of my fear that the world would just kill me because or put me in a mental institution because their perception of me is not who I am. Well, I'm a performer. I think you have to relive it for your own sanity. It's how we work through it. But I know, but you when, don't want to relive but, it at the wrong point. But then you're losing the present to your own trauma, yes. which is something. It's a struggle to just be one in the present. Yes. To be for me to be a 30 year old adult who does comedy and music and docu series and live shows, rather than be a 15 year old afraid that the world thinks he's a mass murderer so everything he says is looked at under a microscope and police are going to come to him and scare the shit out of him and everything like that so it's like you know what i mean mm -hmm. I, I guess it's finding a balance between when you need to relive it and in whatever way that is and because sometimes it's, like, it's sexual role play yeah and sometimes it's just listening to the song that you listened to while that thing was happening to well, you. Well, that's why I try to create new memories. Like to me, trauma is almost like the victimhood of that guy who hasn't done anything since high school. And I never even conceived of high school being a part of my life until I entered stand-up comedy. And I realized everything everyone was talking about was from high school. And it's like, that's fucking... 14 fucking years ago if you haven't done at least five things that could compete or just erase those memories completely you fucking blew it like you you're the traumatized pedophiles not me because i could name 10 things off the top of my head performing in texas a vegas a tour from detroit you know what i mean like putting out an album being in the studio no no uh, no, 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 no working no. with g-unit like no, things that's that, not living on the street. Uh, that's not fair to say to those people because performing in a whatever. Well, because, because I did things like you did things yeah. like you just said. You're you, you're being right. with Fitty and all that in your G unit days. <laughs> it, it, that doesn't erase the trauma. The trauma is still there. The trauma was obvious. I know. I'm just an hour ago. I'm just saying to me, like I never conceptualized that high school was that important until I became 30 and entered New York City comedy and all everyone talks about is oh you're the kid in high school that x y and z and I read comment sections and it's like it, yeah, it brought me back to fucking high school but it's like the music I listen to doesn't traumatize me because I've created like hundreds of better memories with the same fucking music the same Swedish death doom metal bands and the same then, then, 90s hip hop. Okay, but then why did you say that that time that we broke up, I ruined an album for you? Why didn't you just listen to that album again and make sometimes better you memories? Can't. Oh, I'm the only one you can't make better memories with? For a song? That was different. But our dysfunction, to me, like I said, the benefit is that you're not dead. 
And whether I made your life better or worse, the fact is I helped you get to a better place than I think we can all agree you would what have What can we do for that album that you say I ruined? Nothing, because Ramstein put out another album a few years ago. No, so but please the... don't ruin this album. I'm probably going to want that cut. But it's funny. No, don't cut. I'm not cutting shit. Cut so, shit out of a drunk dog's asshole because they're passed out. And then you find out your dog was just in a dog costume. It's like, where does the fake dog end and the real dog begin? You know what I mean? I have no idea what you mean. But for me, mm. the uh, the song that got stuck in my head when I was in my 20s. New experiences. A, Go on. During a traumatic experience. Uh-huh. Unfortunately, I was watching The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. And so for two months after that, Let me this tell is the story all about how my asshole got flipped and turned inside out. And I'll tell you right here how I gave, became sitting on this donut in my pants right here. <laughs> I woke up two hours about seven or eight and this rapist came to me and said, oh, no, I'm come for you later. I looked at him. Yes. <laughs> he busted in the condom and I was finally there. No, it smells like rotten cheese air. <laughs> no but (laughs) i fucking love myself sometimes all the trauma is worth it for me to say some shit like that this is what i'm saying i love you for that too (laughs) (laughs) no but what what I mean is new experiences, for better or worse, are always better because they're moving past trauma. They may not feel better because they're unfamiliar because they're not based in your trauma. But new experiences are always better because it's moving forward from trauma. And it's like it's just unfamiliar to you. And I know I repeated myself. But it's how you perceive those new experiences. And even if your new experience is losing a job, moving to a place that you might not like or feel as comfortable in, it's still you moving forward on your journey through life. See, life is like being on a ride and the better or worse things that happen to you. I don't know if I believe in a soul contract. I've heard that from some alternative people. I think that's just a way for them to justify the things that happen. But the things that happen to you may be bumps on the ride or stop the ride completely, but life is moving forward in that ride and it's all in how you perceive it. If you perceive these new things like, oh, this is horrible, it's my trauma that let me get here, or oh, this is better, I'm so past my trauma, or oh, this is uncomfortable, this isn't my trauma, it's still we're all moving in motion and how we perceive it is what defines us. Yeah. Based on the hopes and values we have for ourselves. And the times in the future when we put out episodes of me saying I'm suicidal because I'm not anymore and those were recorded in the past, it's I didn't value my perception of life mattering. And the key is to always make it matter. And the problem with people with trauma, me included, is sometimes I let the trauma justify me as saying this doesn't matter. Nothing fucking matters, so fuck everything. And that type of mentality only leads to destruction and misery and 
agony and pain, but when you make it matter, like I'm going to make it matter. Sometimes it's a struggle. Sometimes I can't get out of bed for days, but to always hold the hope that I'm going to make it matter. And if it's a stupid joke that I said to you in the store, then that's, it matters. If it's advice I gave to someone, then that's, it matters. And I always put things in that it will matter. And to have that hope, even if it's delusional, it's to not feel like nothing matters and it's all for nothing because that's what makes me suicidal so or live in my trauma rather than move past it it's kind of like the thing that i said about that guy at the store what 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 was that it was just so funny but like it won't translate on a podcast maybe it will there was just this guy Mm -hmm. and you were parking and describe the guy and i'll say what i said he had glasses and Mm -hmm. he had like he looked like a character actor like, if you know what a character actor His is. His hair was movie. pushed to the side like in a 90s office comedy movie. Yeah. Suit and tie. Yeah. Shirt tucked in. White shirt tucked in. Yeah. And I said, that guy looks like he's in a movie about that guy. <laughs> and, just, and we just started laughing because it was so accurate. It was so accurate in a way that you can't explain to the audience. Yeah, that guy looked like a guy that was in a movie about that guy. Yeah, <laughs> I just started rolling. But then and also in the store, um, we were walking through ShopRite and the person's, you hear an audio recording and it goes, ShopRite would like to say to you today, do you want something sweet? Are you looking for donuts? Well, move on down to the bakery section. We And I said, do you think that's a live recording like a girl gets up and maybe that's her purpose in life? Maybe all she has to like her mom and dad are dead and her parent, her kid fucking died. And all she has to live for is her m- afternoon announcement about the donuts at ShopRite. Whatever it is, make it matter. I thought, wouldn't it be funny if that was just a pre-record and she was masturbating while choking herself and she died because she's a little overweight and she choked herself to death in the break room and that pre-record is just going days after she's dead and no one's found the body yet and that's the legacy she moves on is the thing that she left to this planet is, good afternoon shoppers, do you want a donut? Well, come on down to the bakery (laughs) like days after she's died. But if that's what it is, then you made the world a better place. And I think that's the biggest problem with media is they think if you're not an athlete or you're not a star that you didn't make a difference in the world. The person who pumps gas makes a difference in everyone's life and is more important. (laughs) Yeah, I feel so bad about that. But you know what I mean? Like everyone makes a difference. So you can say life doesn't matter and inherently it doesn't matter. But in that moment, It all matters from the guy who cuts the grass to the job you do. Make it matter and realize we're all a part of a collective, an organism that gets the mail and someone who goes to work and the person who sends the email or makes the phone call. We're all in this organism and we make it matter together. And it's to realize that. Just want to put that in context. When I said the guy you almost killed today, that was an accident. You were backing Backing up. It wasn't some horrible thing when I was a teenager or 20s. Maybe that's why I feel so suicidal is because my life is just, it's not full of like, oh, shootout stories or, oh, facing prison or FBI raids or or guns blasting. It's just stories of like, I backed up when I should have moved forward in a parking lot. (laughs) Like I can't deal with the normalcy. The neighbor said hi to me for 20 minutes and we talked about a kid playing parkour. I went to a baseball game. <laughs> like, that's what it is. It's like, there was, it's like I lived life too much. 
Like hmm. I should have waited till 30 to have my first orgy. I had my first orgy when I was 16 with uh, my girlfriend at the time. She's dead now. Shout out. But like, <laughs> but like, <laughs> <laughs> oh God, I miss her. It hurts every day. But <laughs> no, but like, it's like, and I did every drug. I did crazy amounts of psychedelics. And then it's like, I tried to be a performer. I tried to mean something to the world. And it's like, but I did it all too fast where when I hit 28, I felt done with everything. I joined every religion that I could see. I did every different alternative therapy. I tried exercise. I tried every diet regimen. I tried changing my clothes. I tried maybe being a fashion designer, taking up hobbies, watching new movies, learning a new language. And it's like, I felt like I had all of that by 26 and 27. So maybe that's why I was fucking suicidal. Cause it's like, I felt like I had done all that shit. So we're sitting in this grocery store. Well, it, by the way, it was the second grocery store we went to. Cause the first one, we went to Wegmans first because he needed a product. Yeah. That is hard. To that we f- might be sponsored by. It would be nice. But we're not going to give him a shout out until we get that bankroll. But they didn't have it at Wegmans. So then we went to ShopRite. We're not rich enough to afford Wegmans. We just go there and I use my food stamps there. (laughs) And I do the greatest thing. I look, anyone who gives me a dirty look, I say, yeah, who'd you vote for? And then I make up some fake story about having a decent job and a family. And I said, I had all this before the pandemic. And then you liberals voted against it. Now I'm on food stamps in that exact accent. (laughs) Do you really? Yeah. You are hilarious in grocery stores. And I, but I'm just constantly looking like, oh, is anyone hearing you? (laughs) You know? Do you know in so many sessions of this docu-series, you said, today in a grocery store, you said X, because that's what we do with our life. We fuck, try to do arts, and... uh, Get groceries. Yeah. That's our whole life. Looking for sales, looking for that 30% off meat. But do kind deeds. Like, you ever hear of, what's that thing? You do three people, paying it forward. Like, just the fact that paying it forward exists means that life does matter. So pay it forward. But then the next thing that you said. What? When we walked in the store. Uh Uh-huh. I said, let's get a cart. And you said, no, we don't need a cart. I'm only going to get one thing. And I said, I've been here too many times in my life. You need a cart. And you were like, no, I don't need a cart. I don't need a cart. And then. I literally did only get one thing, by the way. Just happened to be big. (laughs) And I said, let's just get a card. And then you were in the middle of making all those other insane jokes. And I was laughing. And But then I was like, I'll go get us a card. And you were like, no. I said, you go get us a card. You said, no, I'm not taking that walk of shame. I'm not going to do yeah, the You can't walk. admit I was wrong walking back. But it really, again, You're like, there's I'm another not thing that's based in trauma. Is I feel like they would think that I was stealing and I would get tackled by like three security guards. That's literally why I didn't want to walk. And that's why I don't do shit like that. Really? Yeah. A million percent. I thought it was because. That's the game we should play is I should see what things do I do because of trauma. I said cash and not credit. And I didn't want the guy to correct me because of trauma. Oh, I'm such a people pleasing fuck. Yeah, I no know. one would think of that about me because of the fucking persona I have. He's talking about at the 
gas no, station. No, no, I'm just saying in general. Way. Like, think of how many times I couldn't fucking return my the. I wanted a cheeseburger and all they had was a veggie burger and yeah. I don't eat. I eat like once every two or three days. Yeah. So for them to do that really upset me, but I couldn't say anything because I, I just felt bad. I and then they tried to overcharge say, me. And then I for something, go up and, and say she, something and he's like, don't do that. Don't, don't, you know, they're just like, doing their best I feel job like, that they can. Because I feel like I don't belong there. So they're going to harm me in some way if i cause commotion but that's all based in trauma and that's why you need me with you because i'm the one that always advocates i know but then you. i become codependent where like remember a few years ago where i couldn't go to a grocery store i didn't want to go outside without you yeah that happened you remember there was a mass shooting and i was like i don't want to go out because people always look at me weird after mass shooting <laughs> like the day of or day after people look at me like oh is he gonna do something do you remember it sounds familiar. I said I would take an Uber to you. It was we were doing a show in the city. It was 2019. And I said, please, I don't want to go by myself. I'll take an Uber to you. Do you remember? Because I th- there was a mass shooting. I even did a comedy set. And don't you remember? I said that. I The joke that I said was, I would, but I haven't yet. So I should get the credit for not. I'll show you the set if you don't remember. But yeah, it was people always look at that's why if mass shooters could not give bad PR to mentally ill people who just want to help the world and do better, but may or may not have thoughts. That's that's why I feel like everyone calls me a mass murderer. I'm their lightning rod because everyone's thought of killing someone sometimes, but they feel so ashamed that they look at me and go, oh, you're a mass murderer. You probably think about murder all the time. The way people cancel each other for like saying offensive jokes about like ethnic people or something. You don't think? You think. Our neighbor has talked about murder a few times. Oh, I could fucking kill him. You know, like everyone said that. Right. But that's just. I'm not allowed to. So that's a privilege. You all have non-mass murder privilege. (laughs) Non-mass murder looking like privilege. And believe me, the profiles and police stops when I was 12 started before the tattoos and hair dye and black clothes. So you just have you just fit the profile. What's so interesting about that is everyone under 70 years old that I've polled. Mm-hmm. to say do you think this guy looks like anything they all say yeah mass murderer but over 70 they're like he seems like a sweet guy what because, is that because, because they didn't grow up with yeah your school type. shootings yeah school shooters or whatever yeah they're like but, what are you talking about but because about? society's program people and that was what i realized is i realized we live in such a divisive time because everything we're programmed is divisive Like, to me, unity and harmony was found in the mid to late 90s to early 2000s because every movie was about, like, a gay person and a straight person and then they got along at the end and they helped each other or a man and a woman getting along, a black and a white. It was all about unity and getting along. So you have 10 years of movies and 10 years of internet blogs. Back then it was dial-up. And 10 years of this speech of we only give praise to politicians that talk in unity and talk in uh, harmony, then you would have the world united. So it makes me wonder, does a species survive if they can't think for themselves? Because if you can program 
10 years of a politicians with slightly divisive angles, 10 years of divisive media that all they treat you is to see the division and the double standards and the hypocrisy, and 10 years of movies, and it's all about the division and the privilege or oppression of others. Does a society, should they be allowed to exist if they're that easily programmed? I mean, I can only say yes, because I've been easily programmed, so I would like to exist. So, But I just feel like a society that can't think for itself but, destroys themselves. And I understand a lot of people might not have the time, but it's like the ability, and it is easier, believe me, to just watch your MSNBC or CNN or Fox News. It's all based in where you're at in life. Like I could easily fall into very liberal propaganda. I'm a marginalized group. I've been treated poorly my whole life. I might not 100% fit the profile of a man. I'm not a hard working class. So I could easily fall under, oh, it's because I'm a victim and I'm oppressed in the system and patriarchy because I'm a lot more empathetic towards people. So I could easily get locked into that box of liberalism. But it's like, I have to think for myself, which means I have to feel like I'm wrong all the time. And human nature, along with social media, is they can't feel like they're wrong. They have to feel like they're right because feeling wrong is an awful feeling. But that's being a critical thinker and being intelligent is realizing you're wrong about all the shit, learning it and relearning it. And that's what existence is. It's relearning. Everything is misinformation. Everything is a cult in some way. Everyone in the world are pedophiles trying to manipulate you, trying to go. drive you further from yourself. And that's just ego. Everyone in the world is not a pedophile. They're psychological pedophiles because they ruin you and give you an ego of an identity that you're not. So you just have to be the spirit energy that you are and make it matter. And it's like, like, I understand why the majority of people take the easy way out. They don't have time. They have two kids. They work a full-time job. They have a spouse that's fucking someone else. So it's like, I get why they just want to watch the news and let it program them. And it's fear porn. And they're psychologically traumatized by the media. Like, I understand people not wanting to think for themselves. But that's why these times are so divisive is because people have social media everywhere so all they're seeing is negative energy and it's like now everyone's programmed everyone's manipulated everyone's been brainwashed everyone's in a cult of division which is called western society brought on by social media just whatever or your eastern society or whatever exactly well whatever your algorithm is well this country is exceptionally obsessed with sort of social media viral moments and things like that like double standards of race or sex or gender or mm -hmm. gay rights or straight rights or whatever so it's like they're just programmed divisive and they need to seem perfect that's why i feel like the idea of canceling, whether you think it's real or not, like the idea that someone is fully done, like they said something wrong or they did something that you perceived as offensive. I don't think you should harm that person or want their job taken away or their livelihood or their family because it's like then you cease empathy. You cease understanding them at a human level. You cease caring about them that we're all individuals of we're all algorithms of programmed. And it's like we're all just learning and relearning and we're all like if i find out that this podcast or something i've said was offensive years from now i'll apologize for it but to condemn me now at 30 the same way to condemn someone at 40 maybe we give an age range how about that you can cancel someone like that's past the age of 70 because it's like they're not going to change at that point <laughs> but it's like we're all 
They're... No one has all the information and no one knows what's collectively right. Maybe the pedophiles are right. Maybe we're the only ones who are like, oh, fucking kids is wrong and traumatizing, damaging kids. Whereas you learn if we found out what happens in the afterlife, which is what I always say, and we find out that damaging a kid actually gives them a journey and a darkness to overcome, that you're making them more powerful for the next dimension. And that's why pedophiles encourage Then we're wrong. We admit we're wrong. Wow, honey. I know. You need to take your pills. I'm just fucking crazy. I'm just, I'm just fucking around. But what I'm saying is the message I'm saying is we have to stop looking at the world of like any, unless it's something like a murder or a rape, if people say things offensive, we have to stop looking like that's the be all end all. Judge, jury, execution, cancel them, uh, give back to the system or the system's fucked. Everyone is human. And I feel like with technology, that's what happened. Maybe that's what happened in the dark ages is everyone grew up with iPads and just porn. So they could never feel empathy for another person at the playground because they were all on iPads. So they were just these low functioning, not high functioning, low functioning autistic people who just murdered each other and tortured each other with horrible bloodletting and shit like that. I feel like we would have found those iPads. No, it got wiped from society because the same thing would be happening again. I'm just saying like humans stop humanizing each other. And that's the same liberals and conservatives, politicians. Well, I don't know if politicians are, but we don't humanize anymore. We've chosen sides. We live in divisive times, algorithms, program, ideology, ego. It's all locked in. And we need to unlearn that. We need to grow and we need to move past. And we need to look at things with compassion and we need to give compassion to ourselves. A lot of people don't love themselves, so they harm other people. A lot of people wish they were better because we live in a social media time where everyone's an influencer or everyone's a millionaire or everyone's famous. So people who aren't are just trolls and hateful comments and shitty memes and all that horrible stuff. So it's like people need to learn to love themselves and be secure with themselves. And social media isn't real life. Real life is looking at nature. It's finding things you like. It's finding things you enjoy. If you're on the internet writing hateful comments, reevaluate your whole psyche and emotional system. And that's the real issue with society is just shitty people, broken, damaged, emotional people on the internet. That's what ruins society. Fucking comments. Comment what you think below <laughs> if comments ruin society. But if you like us, like and subscribe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm doing this docu-series because I have a deep fear that CIA is going to take me and use me for MKUltra as a mass murder in their patsy and then just make an agenda. So I'm really trying to succeed as comedy. Please leave this in. Please leave this in. I'm not I have a anything. fear that they're going to use me as a patsy and I just want the world to see me as something I'm not. But maybe I'm doomed to the fate that everyone says. I don't think so. But I don't want the CIA. Here's how you know. If they use me for a mass murder and I become a patsy and there's like a huge body count, because I'm an awful shot, I go to the gun rage frequently. So that's how you would know that they just killed me and they use some fed agent to shoot up whatever cause or agenda they want to push. But I just want to succeed as a stand-up comedian. How many people have killed themselves now that we tried to save in this podcast? None. They got brought back to life by my beautiful Will Smith song. <laughs> <laughs> or the fucking I don't know I love you though I love you too thank you for tuning in to Dark Nights with Lizzie and Random
but I feel the like director the director slash comedian, the rapper slash comedian. I thought the whole thing was we were supposed to help people who were victims of we did molestation. They're laughing, they're loving life. They're writing out their dream journal. They're writing a to do list. They're I, on their way. In this hour, we've saved more souls than all of psychology and all of religion together. I should be the cult leader. Mm. Remember that time that I tried to convince that chick that you were a cult leader? Yes. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> Just Okay. Never mind that topic. No, like now this... Ladies, we do have certain sexual openings for our marriage. So if you that see us as if you see a, no, if you see us as deities or a cult, we won't rape you. We'll talk it out and be consensual. We can cut that. I don't give a fuck. So, no, because I don't want to come off like a fucking cult leader. I'm just trying to help people. You're just naturally a cult leader. It's just you think so? <laughs> yes. Damn. Yes. Naturally a cult leader. Yes. Gilbert O'Sullivan. A little while from now, he'll give his speech and how. I don't know who that He's is. He's going to give a cult-like speech and... He sang the song Alone Again Naturally. We gotta go back to watching cult that. Cult alone, pedophilically. What cult the fuck alone. are you talking about? It's a song from the 70s. A guy, Gilbert O'Sullivan. It's a really dark song. I'm going to play it for you after the show. Cool. We should play us out with this song. We will do it. The producers oh, we don't will. Want, you think Gilbert O'Sullivan, he wants his royalty check <laughs> and we play his fucking one-hit wonder from the 60s? It's a beautiful song. Alone again. All right, I believe naturally, you. Naturally. I'm going to alone try again. to leave you people that have... Cult leader. Pedophilically. Molested. With Ooh. some, what? I'm just trying to remember. So that chick that I was doing the makeup on, and she, when she told me that she later hooked up with me, or right. was a fan of my. You ever hear Mark Random's comedy? Mm-hmm. That's a note. A red flag. I could be a guy's red flag if your chick's into Mark Random as a comedian or musician. Red flag. But green flag for us. I'm gonna miss fucking chicks with you. It's not going to be the same. It's not going to be what the same What do you mean you're going to miss fucking chicks with me? You're like my bro. You're the one I high five when we <laughs> do it. I'm going to be so fucking sad if you move to Nashville or the South and we can't be what we are, which is I get to fuck you and commit to you, but also, you know, we Don't can cut that. Don't be beatable. On a podcast. That was a different time in our life. That was two months ago. (laughs) What? Two months ago you were trying to fuck a chick? No. I tried to get her for us. I don't want a chick. It was the S&M, she was going to wear clothes scenario and all that stuff. All right. I'm not a cult leader. I just want people to have less suffering. For those of you who've tuned into this, I'm sorry. Um, and if you have not killed yourself yet, I will give you this little tidbit of advice yeah. for those who have been molested. You're missing out. <laughs> what? I don't know. What? What's the advice? What do you mean you're missing out? I don't know. I just, you paused. 
I'm I'm pa- I'm I'm my brain is paused to be honest. It's so fucking late. Yeah, who would have thought 20 years of drinking would do that? <laughs> <laughs> if... I miss my mom and dad. I haven't seen them in years. If what? If you were molested and you write your kinks in the comment section below. If you enjoyed that experience in a way, which mm-hmm. we have to say in a way, because obviously it was traumatic trauma- and horrible, tra- traumatizing for life. But if you were like, but I liked it, I enjoyed it. It's like, that's normal. That's normal. And and that's something that I think a lot of victims. Yeah, that confliction in your brain where you hate it and then you like it. And then it's like you hate that you like it. And then it turns into a cycle of you're afraid of it, that you desire it. Then you're afraid of your desires of it. Yeah. It's so, really learning to balance that out and accepting it. Yeah. So that's just something I wanted to say because I feel like a lot of people take so much shit in their and they own feel, brain. They feel it has to go one way or another. Exactly. Like I have to I either hated it. hate it or I loved it and I'm a slut. It can go both right. ways. You can have mixed feelings and double feelings of hating it and loving it and then hating that you love it, which is a new third feeling, and then loving that you hate it, which yeah. is a fourth one, and it just topples on top of each other, which is my fourth dimension theory. Uh, why are you fourth dimension theory? Because I think just... of that, that concept. You can hate or you can love it. Or you can hate that you love it, or you can love that you hate it, or you can hate that you love it and love that you hate it, and then hate that you love it and love that you hate it. And that's that creates this sort of... Molesting people is wrong. Yeah. And if that happened to you, I'm sorry. And don't blame yourself for the fact that you might have enjoyed that at certain times because that is what was projected onto you to enjoy yeah so that, that energy that, was forced on that you. that energy was forced on you exactly so that's you're not responsible for your destruction of past but you are responsible for your future yeah so make it matter yeah and i feel like a lot of people don't recognize that yeah they think that they're wrong and you should never blame yourself or you should always blame yourself. They go back and forth. No, what do you mean always? Bl- they there's people who are, have raped that always think it's their fault and they want to kill themselves and they have. Wait, people wait, who wait, are wait, riddled re- with re- guilt. Repeat the sentence. They always blame no, themselves. Which, which ones? People who got raped. Always blame themselves. Yes. You've never, oh my God, the concept of self-guilt is so impossible for you to imagine. No. Someone who blames themselves for something that wasn't No, their I, I misheard you. I thought oh, you said rapists always blame themselves. No. You got to have a lot of confidence to be a rapist, I'd assume. <laughs> imagine a rapist with second guessing or guilt of, <laughs> oh, I don't know if I raped them right, or I don't know if this, or they go to rape, they're in the bushes about to jump out and rape, and then they're like, oh, I don't know. I feel guilty. It is. I don't know. No, I was saying to the victims, when you feel like I liked it to a certain extent, do not have any guilt. Do not have any part of you that feels like, well, then maybe I needed it or maybe I wanted it. That's bullshit. 
Yeah. That's bullshit. That's all I was going to say. And it's also normal to feel that way. Yeah. Totally normal. And I love you. I love love you. you. I hope I helped. I hope you didn't kill yourself before we got through all of our nonsense about grocery stores and stuff. Dark Nights with Lizzie and Random. (laughs) 